Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, fellas. Hi, Kerr. Hi, Darren. Hello, Jamie. Hello, Kerr. Back once again, the Three Amigos. Episode 43. Episode 43. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? I feel like we can officially call ourselves podcasters now. Definitely. There's a famous quote from, um, I think it's it's Harrison Ford, and he says, once you've done 42 podcasts, you can call yourself a podcaster. Straight from the horse's mouth. <laughs> I'll need to get new business cards made. <laughs> <laughs> Frigineer, podcaster, drummer, vocalist, author. <laughs> Wishite. Wishite. If you want a... A podcaster slash musician. What, what other what other jobs do you think you'd be best suited to? How about that one? There's a, a quick question to jump in there, guys. Who would play you in your alternative life? I don't know. I think I'd maybe be a life coach. You're going to become a life coach? Just sometimes I was walking around today. I was walking around Aldi today. I went, I went Aldi shopping and I was just speaking to myself. My internal monologue because I like to narrate my day. <laughs> and, eh... Uh, <laughs> and, I, and I had a wee quote I said to myself Ken when was the last time you checked in on yourself <laughs> 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 and it's just when I was walking by the fridges and I, I was like when, when was the last time I checked in on myself and, and where I am mentally I'm always fucking helping everybody left right and centre people calling Ken can you give us a hand can you perk me up Ken can you do this can you do that I said when was, when was my last day of self care self care <laughs> self-care what I related to too is I was like it's sort of like buying it's like buying an aubergine and you've got it in the fridge an there aubergine, an, aubergine? an aubergine <laughs> an aubergine an aubergine it's it's like buying a box of mangoes right and you leave them <laughs> and you leave them in the fridge and you think you think they don't go off until the 17th but before you know it it's the 31st and there's a bad smell in your fridge. They're rotten. And that's because you've not checked in on yourself. You've not checked what's that decay, rotten mango juice in the fridge. <laughs> so, I, I thought, let me check in on myself. Let me be present in this supermarket. 
let me feel what I'm actually picking up from the shelves. That right there, there's an aubergine. <laughs> <laughs> a moment of mindfulness. A moment of mindfulness. And it thoroughly enhanced my shot experience. I was very conscious of the people around me and my surroundings. I was very, uh, very thankful to be able-bodied, to be walking around, picking up, filling my trolley. And although a lot of people couldn't see it, I was smiling through my mask. So, <laughs> a life coach is what I would be, to be honest. Mm, that's, that, sounds more, that, sound, that sounds more like a meditation type of person. I think a life coach is... But I mean, I think it all relates. It's all correlated, Darren, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> if we... it's, 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 a, it's a linear... A linear... <laughs> uh, so, uh, that's, that, that's what I would be, I think. And uh, I enjoyed checking in on myself today. And I'm all, I feel all the better for it, I must say. I must say. So, big, big response in the podcast last week. Our highest listened to by this stage in the week so far. Probably down to the, the kind of, the online movement, the online campaign of uh, Jamie's Journal. So, I mean, it's, I'm getting messages uh, almost every kind of six hours. <laughs> uh, <laughs> six, six, seven hours. People saying... Oh, that Jamie's journal's good. Give us some more. I've been getting messages in the high single digits uh, as well. <laughs> so, so it's certainly it's certainly catching on. I, I, I'm looking forward to this this week's instalment. So, thank you for your lovely feedback on last week's podcast. It's fantastic. This week we've got two very special guests again. Um, it's it continues guest season here on the Laugh One Tunes podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll introduce them later on, but we've got Sean Connor and Connor Berry. Looking forward to speaking to those boys. The juices are flowing. I'm already getting the questions in my head. I can already hear myself. My, my, again, my monologue, my internal narration. Have you got a life coach then? I certainly am. Or I certainly could. You know, just the, 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 the do's, the don'ts, the what-haves, the what-have-yous, the, the ifs and the why-nots and <laughs> dotting the t's and the i's. And it's mainly about just keeping these guys on the right path because there's a lot of sharks here in these, these murky waters. But anyway, enough about my credentials. Uh, what's been happening this week, boys? I don't know. I don't know if I said this last week. I booked up to go do the West Highland Way. He did not say that last week, but it's certainly a talking point. When are you doing this? June. I must say, your new hairdo looked fantastic in the wind. You've got uh, certainly, certainly a fair <laughs> amount of locks there, I by really the way. I don't, really don't like it. It's starting to piss me off now. You look like Edge from the wrestling. I know. It's kind of back to how it looked when I was... 15 or something. Certainly no signs of the cedar in it, does. I must say. Mm, it certainly feels like that. Aye, only if you fucking gel it up, but I mean, it's like... <laughs> the flick. <laughs> well, I got a flick. Well, I got a flick. <laughs> it's looking luscious. Looking very luscious. Thank you. So, I tell us about this West Highland Way. So, there's like a like a package deal, a package holiday, and you stay in... B&Bs every night for six nights and you walk the full way from Mulgai to Fort William. So ho- hopefully it can go ahead. It seems You're doing it with your, your better half, as you say? No, no. Um, me and four other men. <laughs> 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 uh, why didn't you think to ask your, your, your gruesome buddies? And also, how the fuck are you going to podcast that week? I'll do it live from the way. <laughs> <laughs> if you are up for doing it, you are more than welcome. I can't. I, I said that me and you, because me and you have spoke about it for a few years, mm-hmm. but never get rid of it. But mm-hmm. um, Dad's was telling me at the studio the other week, last week, uh, 
Oh, so it was a, it was a, it was a Scottish. It was you had to be, you had to be living in Scotland to be aware of it. Right, well, <laughs> no, it, that, that's mentioned. That it was doing it with these, these men, four other men, four men, these four men. I was like, what is there space for another two men? Because uh, me and Kerr would be up for doing that. If you were up for it, we, we could. That could, that could be arranged. Uh-huh. I need to I need to ask the four other men. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure they would be up for it as well. I mean, would you would you camp? I'd maybe do if if it was available. Maybe camp some if some nights. I don't know if I really fancy camping every night. Maybe mm-hmm. a bit fucking heavy going. Um, so you got to do any training for it? Any big walks? Nah, I'm good at walking. There's a two part BBC documentary with some chap from River City. How you doing it? I've only watched the first part of it. It wouldn't have to be Sean Connor, would it? Uh, I think the guy's name's Ian Robertson. Robbo. Robbo, aye. Bye, aye. It, it looks fun. Um, I hope I hope it goes ahead. I bought some state-of-the-art boots for it already. Nice. The best of gear. Thermograp soles. <laughs> <laughs> I just made that up. That's just from Still Game. <laughs> <laughs> That's class. Thermograp soles. Amazing. Yeah, that sounds good, man. That sounds like a it's certainly something to look forward to. If you are serious about it, we can we can look into it. I can consult the other men. I'd definitely be up for it. Cool. So last week we we spoke about Jamie's journal, the growing phenomenon. The the task was, could you create a wee a wee tune for it, Daz? Oh yeah, do you want to hear it? The big question is, have you done it? Have you got one? Mm-hmm. Of course, I've done it. Super. <laughs> There's one thing I can produce is music. He says. By the way, as I'm just to let you know there to be again, because I'm checking and I've been very present in the moment. There's currently I don't know if you can hear it on the cast. There's currently a chopper flying overhead, uh, over overhead uh, here in London. Could no, I be can't, can't hear that. I don't want to break. <laughs> could be a, a military coup. In, <laughs> or, <laughs> a military coup, coup could be taking happen. I could be the first person to break that news. So that's the time is. Half past eight on a Thursday evening, the 18th of February. If if we do go to war from this day, this, let this be documented as the first time it was broken the news. <laughs> a military coup. <laughs> Are you ready? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. <laughs> so that's it. Give us another blast. <laughs> Hey, writing down things I see. Jamie Channel, 
Fantastic. Fantastic. What do you think, Jamie? I thought that was uh, really summed me up. Summed, <laughs> summed up the, the project. That's what I'm going to think every time I open my laptop now. Yeah, it should be your alarm clock. <laughs> By the way, see what just were on the, the topic of alarm clocks that I've just made. Um, is anybody got a, a replacement for the, the, the iPhone alarm? So it doesn't sound like you're part of a fucking military school when you wake up in the morning. You can just change it, can you not? Aye, but they're all terrible. There must be like a kind of... like one. I'd like one to wake me up you, gradually. I remember years ago I had a song. You can you could make it make it a song, could you not? Mm, maybe you could produce this one. A wake up song. Wake up, care you? Wake up, care? <laughs> I think you got something to say to me. <laughs> see if you see if you sing it again, just like how we done Jamie's journal. Aye, aye. By next week, I'll make I'll make it for you. <laughs> if you can sing it <laughs> Check in with yourself Be present in the moment Mine folk used to pay like £3.50 for a ringtone Aye for a ring Frog man Fucking madness Right, heads up Jamie Heads up with that journal info This week it needs some Some context I think Okay, give us it It took us quite a few days I started after Monday night Monday night at 9pm. Again, I've not read any of this. Just got to... I'll attribute today's joyless existence to the whiskey. Not a muscle has been moved and I've cursed myself for it. Only get off the couch for a pish or the odd fag, which has nicky dunted myself into oblivion. It's not been a spewy feeling of that, just a sort of crappy, can of be arse with anything mood. It kept meaning to get on with stuff, but instead kept falling asleep. I had Animal Farm in my wee book on Islam next to me, but that felt too gruelling. I've been offy offy sullen the day and didn't see the point in much at all. I looked at the calendar earlier and today's country was Brunei, but I was like, Brunei can fuck his cell, this is stupid. But then two wee things in the last wee hour have inspired me immensely. One of them has seen my friend Caitlin McGowan's recent Facebook update. She claims that she's a boss ass bitch. And this intrigues me to click the read more option. <laughs> <laughs> She's just completed this running challenge called 4x4x48. It's made me sit for an hour there and research it all. And hopefully in a few days time, I can also feel like a boss ass bitch. As honest on it, it's got to be running 4 miles every 4 hours for 48 hours. So if I start tomorrow at 8am, which is a Tuesday, I'll finish on Thursday morning. The other thing that made me feel better was a really nice text off your care saying Man, never stop writing. Even when you feel it you can't be asked or whatever, just dig in. The way you tell stories is second to none. Loving listening to them again as I edit the pod. That text there for one of my finest friends is just the best thing ever to receive on a day like the day. I'm about to go and have my soup and write a list of boss ass bitch podcasts and albums I'm going to try and listen to over the next few days, these 12 runs. It's amazing how my mood rapidly changed the day for the better. Fuck alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that was Monday. So Tuesday morning. It's nearly 10 in the morning. I got up at half seven and done the first four miles at eight on the dot. Got a wee niggle in my left ankle. Not sure what the panache is for my classic running ailments, but I'm going to try and do some light stretches in between legs of this challenge. Never normally do them. I had the pogues on the cans there, and when I finished I drank a pint of water and had an apple. Breakfast was at 7.45, which included the usual black coffee and a roll-up. 
I've put the two t-shirts I was wearing on the radiator to dry and we'll need to probably have quite a few changes over the next few days. I'm already acutely stinking since I was too lazy to get a, a wash in yesterday's depression. The other side of the next round will hopefully see me step in at the shower. Going to crack on with my French you know, and sort out my listening material for the next slog. The scales say 72.5 kilograms. I'll see if I can lose any weight by Thursday morning should I complete my mission. Now it's 12 minutes to 14. Second of the four miles has been effectuated. Started off a bit sore in regards to the left ankle but warmed up after a mile or so. I operated my morning into having a wee nap before starting and this time I listened to this podcast about a group of firefighters from Brazil who were also vets and dedicated their time to saving all of these animals for the Amazon wildfires. It was really fascinating how much compassion these folk have to do what they do. Kudos to them. One of the main challenges is dealing with species that have never come across humans before and getting them to trust them. Hmm. I also checked out some current Brazilian diverse pop music. I took advantage of my home's built-in shower system and exploited its water and lecky reserves for around five minutes. <laughs> it was a true delight to remove some of my own body's eco-mold. It was much like my window edge experiment had begun to photosynthesize. Now I'm sitting in some fresh clobber catching up with the news. How good is tomato soup, by the way? Had that with two toasted bagels and Mrs Jamal's finest butter. The UK's commenced its 10-day compulsory quarantine for homo sapiens flying here. <laughs> Other countries seem to have been doing this for nearly a year now. I've just had this fleeting fantasy due to the European Space Agency's recruitment drive of being an astronaut. Just imagine. One of the criteria bits is for people who can speak two languages. I'm wondering if 21% of another language counts. The other thing though is that ESA is looking for is people with physical disabilities. Maybe I could just keep running till my legs snap. Was that an insensitive thing to write? Sorry if it was. Who do I think I'm a Frankie Boyle? Then I think this is after the next one. I listened to a podcast on BBC Sounds there on Brunei and how a couple of years ago they introduced a law that prohibits adultery, anal and gay sex. These supposed crimes are punishable by getting stoned to death. George Clooney and a few other A-listers are calling the folk not to travel there and boycott some of the hotels dotted around the world that are owned by the Sultan. The Sultan looks hilarious like his wee goatee is one for Tam Shepard's trick shop. Also in the news there was a story about the Dubai Sheik who's imprisoned his daughter since 2019 because she tried to escape. Apart from his Arab get-up, he's a dead ringer for Ringo Starr. <laughs> that's, that's three of the runs done now. Had another apple and drank loads of diluting juice. Read quite a few chapters of the superb animal farm before the last one. Gonna do the same again. My legs feel alright. In other news, Mrs Jamal was wearing her face mask for the first time. I don't know why she's only starting, but seems to have stopped her gab gab gabbing. Didn't realise until E.T. surprised me the day after run number four, but it's Pancake Tuesday. Half ten, and I'm suitably stuffed full of fucking pancakes. I like mine's toasted with hunters of butter. This was after another sizable portion of the best soup ever, tomato, <laughs> and the last one of those bagels. <laughs> <laughs> I've had quite a good wee day Got a good bit of reading done Listened to loads of music and stuff Done my French Played the piano and guitar for a good hour Just finished watching a documentary About that 
Elisa Lamb that got food in the water tank on top of that Cecil Hotel. It was alright, but I didn't learn anything that I didn't know already. I can hear my neighbours arguing, so I've turned up the travel vlog I'm watching on Brunei. And then, this is on Wednesday, but I think this is like, about midnight, Wednesday. Uh -huh. Don't know what one was worse, the midnight or the 4am leg. Managed to get an hour or so of sleep in between them, but due to being stuffed full of they fucking pancakes, especially at midnight, I could feel that acidy refluxy feeling and was sick in my mouth a couple of times. <laughs> the one at 4am was the slowest one yet, and it was a bit delirious on return, so I had another tactical pancake. <laughs> it was brutal waking up at 7.30. I had to sleep in the couch, you see, as upon learning on my physical quest, E.T. has quite rightly banished me from the bed. The jog at 8, I was accompanied by my friend Marcus. A combination of his companionship and the beautiful sunshine led this to be one of the most effortless. We spoke about how class summer is going to be and we formulate a rough plan of doing the West Highland Way at some point when the midges will to be it. It's just past 10 now and I've had a banana, some strawberries and a pint of milk. Looking forward to mere tomato soup. On the cards again, the day is hopefully much like yesterday's. Cause you need to live in this sort of weird time bubble you're running every four hours means you need to use your time wisely. I've got Animal Farm, my wee book on Islam and a French phrase book next to me and I'll practice on my instruments later on. Get a plink in and a plonk. <laughs> we'll also have a gander at Bulgaria and check the hat-pap happenings of Burkina Faso. It's 41 minutes till 19, so another hour and a half before run number 10. I was doing the woods for number 8 and 9. My left ankle was feeling like a bit of Weetabix by the end of it. Granted the milk hasn't been poured, but there's a conceivability that it could happen on an action. <laughs> Despite the gruelling exercise schedule, I've had quite a decent day again. Good quality bit of learning and reading done between shifts. No idea what I'll do tomorrow. I try to come up with a plan this evening. I found the day is easier when I've got things to do. Obviously I've got my to-do pile but they seem almost like extracurricular activities. I've also still got the Christmas tree to take a photo of. It's quite embarrassing that it's still out there. Texas and a lot of the southern states are experiencing snow for the first time in decades. Same thing happened in Madrid the other week. Ironically, it's lovely here. The sun's no long away. Spring has arrived. Then finished that run the day, so I've still I've been sleep muddy. Have you still got your Christmas tree up? No, but it's, it's outside, so... Um, see, because see, I've been selling them for aye, aye. 10 years and every time everybody's like, are these got to keep their needles? And right, I've been, right. I've been <laughs> saying the same lie. Fuck, I didn't know because I never took one. I was going, oh, they'll, you'll, they'll be fine up to February. Right, right. And then uh, when I got one, when, we were when I was taking it out at like the start of January, I thought, I'll, I'll get a picture of that on the 1st of February and then put it in the bin. Mm -hmm. I cut it up then sort of thing. But it's it's still there, but still got all its, all its needles. <laughs> so you were so right. So I need to get a picture of it. I keep meaning to buy a paper, <laughs> get a photo, so that I can say to folk, "Look, there's me on the the 18th of February." <laughs> now I can show thousands of people this picture. How challenging was the run? It's definitely something I'm not going to ever do again. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I've still got to write about the day and whether I feel like a, a boss-ass bitch or no. So, uh, Callum hit me up. If you know anything about the Fontaine, you know Callum is a guy that comes with us on tour all the time. Does all our social media, does all our filming. Fucking, he's been all around the world with us. Top, top boy. Like a brother to the band is our Cal. He hit me up and he was like, man, 
check this casting kind of brief that's went out. And the brief was, casting presenter to front a supermarket chain campaign series. Shooting 12 recipe how-to videos across the year, which will be led by a presenter throughout. Looking for a presenter to show personality, come across natural and not too scripted. Take the script and make it their own within reason, while showing elements of humour and the need to have a love of food. So, Cal <laughs> hit me up with that. I was like, <laughs> the best bit is, is the fee, the fee for it. Much think you're getting paid for that. Have a wee guess. How, how, 12 videos? 12 videos. And what are the the, the for a shown... for a super a supermarket a supermarket super super campaign? <laughs> Much think? Uh, ten grand. Jamie. Uh, fifty grand. Oh, you're too high, mate. Come on, play a fucking game, mate. We're not fucking. We're trying to play make believe here, know. mate. This is real life, mate. You just had the, the, the Kevin Bridges thing. What? <laughs> Four hundred and fifty grand, mate. There you Aye. go. That'll take you. Thirty k, thirty grand, right? So I message the bird and I says, <laughs> um, <laughs> I message the bird and I said, I'll take it. <laughs> I message and says, hi, I, sorry, whatever her name was, I just saw your post regarding the supermarket chain campaign series. I love to put myself forward for the role, delivering to camera in a natural, non-scripted manner and interacting with people with a sense of levity is my bag. Plus, I'm big on my food. <laughs> Plus, I'm big on my food and have used supermarkets before. <laughs> Here's my showreel. I'm based in London and available for all the proposed shoot dates. She came back laughing, saying, <laughs> Care, just watch your showreel. I think you'd be perfect for this. Uh, here's the script. So she sent me it through. Here's the script. It's probably it's, it's like uh, in a in a literal sense. Uh, aye, it's quite literally. Here's the script. Here's the <laughs> so it's a draft script for the presenters. I'm not meant to say who who it's for, obviously, because it's under like some sort of NDA type thing. But I'll, fuck, I'll probably not get it anyway because I'm Scottish. So the draft script is it's for Lidl. <laughs> uh, no, sorry, right. it's for a supermarket chain that sounds a bit like <laughs> it sounds a bit like fiddle. Di- <laughs> fiddle. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, so for fiddle, for fiddle, the the um, the draft script for fiddle here, and it's and I have to do this in my own way, um, and with a show a bit of humour there as well. So basically, they're looking for it. It goes about like this. It goes, "Hello and welcome. You've caught me testing one of my favourite spring dishes here, <laughs> but I just couldn't resist. Today, I'm going to be showing you how to make a crispy and flavoursome pie." which is a great way of using <laughs> lamb leftovers and feeding the whole family. So first off, heat one tablespoon of oil on a large casserole dish, fry the leeks for about 10 minutes over a gentle heat there. Now after that time, they'll be soft, golden and sweet. Now I love using leeks from my, uh, from my favourite supermarket store, uh, Fiddle, here. They're full of flavour. <laughs> They're grown right here in Britain and they'll bring a real creaminess to your pie filling. Uh, and then it goes to a close-up of the leeks simmering in the pan with graphics. Uh, the, the <laughs> close-up of the leeks simmering in the pan with an ASMR sound, it says. So, now that they're lovely and soft, add some layers of beautiful seasoning to it. Anyway, this goes on and on and on, so I'll just get through it. Uh, and at the very end it says, add peas and parsley. <laughs> add peas and parsley and a handful of leaves to your lamb mix. Stir and remove the heat and tip your pie onto the dish. Finally, drizzle one tablespoon of oil, <laughs> bake for 20 minutes, serving up with broccoli on the side. 
and then the bake appears on the screen, and I say, and that right there is how I like my spring dishes. <laughs> so, have uh, you record like a demo? Have you to do that kind of thing? Get in my kitchen um, and cook that up, present it to camera. <laughs> and I can assure you, Ferricky or no Ferricky, I just can't be asked doing that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so fuck that, no. But I'm not going to, the bird, it was sound that the bird sent me, uh, so I don't want to throw under the buzz. Before we go, we're going to speak to our, our, our two famous actor friends. Remember, please hit us up on the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash The LaFontaines. Please hit us up on that. This, this podcast is funded by you, the listener. You, you can help us buy our groceries from Fiddle. And also... You merch out this Friday. New merch out this Friday. A new merch drop to the hottest new garments in town. Um, in the galaxy. So we're going to go and jump on and speak to our, our, our actor friends again. Sign up to the Patreon. Let me put it to the people. I was raised to believe we're equal. Everybody sees so on the same set. Everybody in the same boat, same trip. Do the same shit. No evil, no malice. Total disregard for bank balance. But this vehicle I'm bailing is surviving. And it don't match the new one that he's driving in. Does it? It's tough because I really want some of that. But I got none of that. And I can't make it. Mate, just be dumb of that. Can't get a gun in that. Then I could rob them naked. High rips so far from that. I pull these streets like a starving cat. Hank Marvin Jack. I want 50 a week. Welcome back to the cast. Thank you very much to this week's remix submission from Roger Sanchez on the La Fontaine's class. I think that was the song remix. Shouts to Roger for that one. So, here we have it in the moment you've all been waiting for. Future Hollywood royalty on the cast, no doubt. Fresh from their cinema release UK-wide of their new movie, Schemers, we've got the very talented Sean Connor and Connor Berry. Is this our, our first day, uh, our first actors we've had on, Jamie? Uh, I believe so. What a fucking honour. Best BNZ. That's, that's at the old creators. <laughs> so you've obviously been working through lockdown then? Yes, I've been working um, kind of on and off. Um, I'm at River City now, so we kind of had a lot of time off, obviously, when the first lockdown hit. Um, and it was just a case of when we were going to get back and them trying to work out all the kind of regulations and stuff um, that we'd have to go through to get back. Um, and we went back in August last year. Um, and we're all operating at two metres distance for everybody on the crew, like um, crew, actors, everything a lot. We're not allowed anywhere near each other. So how is that with filming the whole two metres thing? How do you incorporate that into like life? It's um it's been good to be working. I'm, I'm obviously really grateful to be working because I know there's a lot of people that um that, that aren't at the minute. Um but it's it has been challenging, um, especially for more um more for camera, more than anything. It's been a wee bit strange. There's been times where Say I'm doing a scene with, with one other person um, and we're shooting my side and the cameraman can't like be with, we can't, we can't have it two metres away from the other actor. They've been getting a tennis ball and a stick in. So we've have been having to look at the tennis ball and the stick and then the other actor would just deliver the lines off camera. But that, that's perfect practice for when you go green screen when you're doing your Aquaman or something like that. You're, that's that's you sorted. <laughs> That's it, mate. I know exactly. And obviously, Connor, then you've been working in a different way. You've been working in your your van, creating a wee kind of writing hub for yourself that you can go travelling. So, Aye, mate. Exactly. Getting paid, nothing, no. To be fair, so it's been a bit of a struggle, like. But but mate, if but, if Pimp My Ride comes back, who's 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 first in line? <laughs> I think it, it could be me, mate. I'll be presenting me and me and exhibit. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, so I've just been saying that. To be fair, mate, it's been. Uh, it's, it's actually been quite a laugh, Ken. Just been doing all out with my dad as well, so it's 
been decent. Something to do, try to stay busy. How do you boys know each other? When did you first meet? Just through schemers, aye. We, we, I, we met, me and, me and Connor met at my first audition for schemers. We met Grant as well. We met, we all met, we, we all met on that day and ended up, ended up getting cast. Like, but you could tell right away, mate. I said, because I'd met, I met, I'd done my audition in London, so I'd sort of spoke to the director before, and uh, he was like to me after the auditions, like, who do you think? Would be the boys if like you could pick, and it was it was the two that ended up being. It was just like a natural chemistry between us, like got him well in that. So, so Sean actually was you a favour there because you, you got him the gig. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cut of that River City wage anyway. That's what I'm thinking. All my fucking royalties checks. <laughs> <laughs> so when was Schemer's release then? When was the when was your big release date? I, I was looking at your your posts and fucking social and all that. Like you were obviously buzzing when it came out having a cinema release. That's mega, man. Regardless what happens ever, what, what was the feeling like to have a to have a film in the actual cinema? Well, for me, it was fuck it. It was it was mad, mate. Do you know what I mean? It, it's just one of the things. Like for me, since I was a wee guy, that's all I've dreamed of. That's like that's the dream, mate. To get your your name up on that that big screen, and then when we finally got to to see it there, it was just fucking so surreal and so mad. And to be able to have that is like your dream and your goal, and to have achieved it. By this age, is is um, it's just pure pride, man. Really, and oh, it's yeah. just a fucking mad feeling. Does it differ from the feeling you get? Obviously, you're on River City. Is there a difference there between quote unquote small screen to the big one? Like, does it feel different? Ah, yeah. For me, yeah, it was it was something just, just so much. It's a fucking big screen in it, mate. Do you know what I mean? It's the cinema. It's I mean, and it's 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 quite daunting as well because that's a big fucking bit of your face up there. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> it was, was kind of exciting and surreal and a wee bit scary on equal measure. Um, so I it was fucking spot on, man. It was good. And what about you, Connor? How was it for you, mate? I've said this a few times, but I I found the part on Facebook. Like I found the the audition for it on Facebook. I was down in London trying to do do acting anyway, but like no finding any success. And then when I seen this audition and and then ended up doing it. Never did I think that it would end up in the cinema. I thought it was going to be like a student with like handheld camera and that. Like yeah. I didn't expect it to be a proper film, and it's just like snowballed. And here we are. It's out on DVD, and that's it's it's a funny old game. Jamie, you've seen it, eh? I I seen it uh, the day it came out in Hamilton. Oh, nice. I was buzzing to see it for ages, man. We've we know it's it's funny hearing you calling him the director, but <laughs> me and Kerr know him as as just Dave. Aye, right. but Dave wouldn't have been the director. Dave's the writer. I thought he'd done something to do with it. I don't know much about film. You know what Dave's like? Was. Dave can't fucking work a phone. <laughs> <laughs> See, to be fair, that's funny you say that because we don't we don't really think of him as this big producer and, and kind of script writer. He's just Dave to us as well. And I think that's how he likes to be known, to be fair. He's just a genuinely nice guy with, with some unbelievable stories. So, there's more to tell. Do you think you will be like continuing on telling the story? If they can afford us, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, uh, aye, there's been, aye, there's been some um, kind of, there's, there's, there's talks kind of ongoing at the minute between Dave um, and some other people. They, they want to do a second film, and there's talk of a spin-off TV series as well. Because as you say, the amount of stories that the guys got would make for some fucking really, really good content. Um, and it's got so much potential there, so we'll see where that goes. Um, so, there's a question I thought I never asked. So, for anybody that's not seen it, then describe what Schemers is. That's the most interview question I've ever asked in my life. Tell us, for if you've not seen the film, what is Schemers, what's it all about, and what roles do you play? Fucking hell, this is just going to fucking BBC this, by the way. It's a brilliant podcast. 
On you go, Sean. You explain. You go for a minute. Um, so, Steamers is the true story set in 1979 in Dundee about three boys who are just a bit bored with um, their life and kind of the kind of regular jobs and that that were that were there for for young boys to get back in the day. Um, and they decided they wanted to do something a wee bit different, so they start doing uni discos, and then from there that escalates um, into booking proper bands um, and Davies, the, who's the, the main character, Davies' kind of motivation for it is to impress a, a girl that he fancies um, and it kind of it kind of escalates from there. They end up not having enough money to book the bands so they, they end up going to a loan shop, some gangsters and then that kind of goes a wee bit pear-shaped, um, all culminating in um, a big kind of make-or-break gig that they try and put on which is Iron Maiden at the Tall. Fucking brilliant. Character, the character that I play is... Um, Scott Young, who's Davy's best pal. Ah, right, okay. Sean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know who that that guy was when I seen the film, but I knew, I knew Dave. So you you done an amazing job of playing Dave. Uh, I was, uh, I was there <laughs> with my girlfriend, and I was like, oh, that's uh, he's talking brandy. He's like, I know that he drinks brandy because I know him. <laughs> so hang man, I was so buzzing watching it. I thought you were, I thought it was a, a fucking amazing film. I loved it, but I didn't know your character, Sean. Cause I didn't know, like, obviously the. Did you just meet him? Is that guy still alive? Or? Oh, he, he's passed. Man. No, so I, I, so I was kind of the only one out of three that never go to, never go to meet who I was playing because um, he died quite a few years back. And how, and how does that work then? How do you go about approaching a role with somebody you don't invent to go on? It was just a case of, you know what Dave's like when he tells stories. He, he's, he's a very good storyteller, and um, it was just kind of trying to, trying to draw off that. To be honest, I was kind of worried about that at the beginning, and, and Dave kind of put my mind at ease by basically saying. You don't have anything to go off, so you're not doing an impression of the guy. It's mm. mere sort of just listen to stories and kind of take inspiration of what you think he would be like. But the, the creepy thing about it was that his family seen it. Mm. Um, and Dave told me that I think it was his daughters um, said that there was bits in the film that they were watching and they went, that's kind of like dad. <laughs> wow. That's mad. Proper, me out, man, but because I was like, how could that even be possible? But I suppose it's maybe channeling his spirit. Uh, I suppose it's maybe something writing and stuff. But I know it was, it was, it was strange, but it was good because it gave me a wee bit more freedom, I suppose. Connor, what about you, man? How did you, how did you channel the the character, Big Dave? Uh, to be fair, mate, I, I was like Sean. I was a bit worried about that at first, but Dave was never like, uh, can't do this. Like, I was like that. I was like this. And have you met Athol, Dave's brother? No, no, no. You'll probably meet him at some point. But he's like, he was instrumental in what I was doing because he was around when we were doing a lot of the auditions and like doing a lot of some of the rehearsals and stuff and he would sort of give me wee pointers here and there so he was a big help Ken because obviously he watched his brother growing up uh-huh. but, um, but I, I, I guess Dave uh, Dave never really said if uh, if he was unhappy so I guess it was <laughs> <laughs> silently seething <laughs> I'm getting recast in the next film but <laughs> So you were saying, obviously, you auditioned for it down in London. Then, right. what's the plight of the Scottish actor down in London? Is is it a is it a benefit being Scottish down here? To be honest, I found it as a benefit because I, I done like acting classes in London for a year, and then mm. um, just being I was the only Scottish guy in my class, and I felt like like I don't know why it just gave me an edge for some reason. It's probably because everybody was on edge. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then even like meeting my agents and stuff, like the first agent that I got, I mind her saying that she would always prefer to take a young Scottish actor than a young 
English actor, and, I, and she was English herself, and I didn't know why that was, mate. Got a feeling it's because she fancied you. <laughs> I think it was something <laughs> about the fact, like, we've moved in there, and, like, we're there scrapping it out, whereas, like... Aye, aye. I don't know, it's a bit more dedication, I guess, mate. Uh-huh. But, um, but, I mean, now, I wouldn't know what it's like, because as soon as I moved, as soon as I got the part of scheme, as I moved out, but... I mean, I don't, think, I don't think there's the pressure to live there as much anymore. That's It seems like you can live anywhere in the country because you're doing your auditions for home now, can you know what I mean? Certainly lockdowns provided... I was talking to a, a, a TV producer and he was saying that it's this is eradicated the 250 quid cup of coffee, they called it. You know, when you go and meet somebody for a coffee... Time you get the train yeah. down and back up, two hundred fifty quid. Yeah, so that's gone, and that's 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 a massive plus. How important did, did both of you guys study to be actors? Aye, aye, I did as well. I mean, is there anybody you know in the profession personally that hasn't? And this is not me trying to break through, by the way, and all that. And this is why I know, like, what's the what is it you learn in that? Do you either have it or you don't, or what is it you learn? Ah, me personally, I think you've either got it or you don't. Um, I don't think you can. Um, Oh, I mean, I better be careful what I say here in case I end up fucking shitting all over all my college tutors and that. But I mean, I think you can. I think you can. You can teach. I think you can teach people a lot about the profession and about the industry, which is great. Um, but I think in terms of you know being being a, a, a good a, a great actor and being able mm. to kind of be so real, whether it be on camera or on stage, I feel like it's a bit of a same with music. I think it's a bit of a, bit of a talent um, more than anything. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you can, as I say, I think you can certainly teach people more about it to try and kind of help them improve. But you get stumped. You get some actors that are just in a total league of their own, man. Mm-hmm. Is it is it more things like uh, they teach you how to work with the camera? I always hear people saying blocking, blocking out, blocking out a scene. Um, well, what does it, what what does that mean, by the way? It just means to rehearse the movements. Ah. So on if on a, on a TV or a film set, you would you would go onto the set, you would speak to the director, you would do a line run, just standard, just running the lines. Then they would start blocking out and they would give your movements. Um, they would show that to the crew and then they get the camera in and they start working at angles and stuff like that. So they don't waste any film or bang a day to waste any film. Uh, that's it. That's it. That's again. And what was your experience with it, Connor? Uh, I agree with Sean. I do think it's, it's definitely something that you've got. Like, But um, I was somebody that needed to be taught it. Like, I came to it pretty late. I was like 20, 20 when I started like trying to learn about it, which was... I guess it was late for me, but um, but I had no scooby about it whatsoever, mate. Do you know what I mean? Like, and the stuff that I'd done was all theatre stuff. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's what I sort of fancied getting into before I got schemers. It was just that's just because that's all I knew. So I guess like for that stuff, it's it's handy to be taught it because can you need to know your, how where, how you stand on the stage and like you need to stand there with authority and that. Do you know what I mean? And that's a hard mm-hmm. thing to do if you're just coming off the street. It's the same with working on a set to be fair like if I just came off the street to scheme I was working on set I would have been shitting myself like yeah. I feel like just just because I'd been there and done it a few times like you're a lot more comfortable because you've got to be relaxed you've got to be relaxed when you're doing is the key acting to to feel comfortable enough that you're you don't feel like you're acting that's what it is to me I guess like, I just want I want to be as relaxed as possible and know exactly what's happening know exactly not not that knowing my lines like memorising my, my lines but just kenning the whole story and what's happening in this particular scene and looking at it like that I guess can uh, I mean I agree with what Connor said I think you've got it's, it's one of those things I think you've got to have the bit between your teeth for I think I think yeah. you've got to be dead passionate about it I think if you're trying to kind of break into the industry and you're dead kind of 
don't want to say lackadaisical, but just dead kind of, if you're no dead driven and you're no dead passionate, I think you struggle in this industry, definitely. It's like music, it's like anything, it's the ups and the downs, mm-hmm. you need to be prepared to ride the wave on it, you know? What drove you to start acting? You came to it late, obviously, Connor, but like, what drove you to that? And then to me yourself, John? I started when I was, I think my mum actually forced me into like a wee amateur drama class when I was young. I think I'd done my first kind of amateur play when I was about 10, 11 year old. Maybe not actually, no, I'm lying. I'm actually younger than that, maybe about six or seven. And it was fucking, it was like the three blind mice or something. I don't know how they made a play out of that, but I was one of the mice. <laughs> um, and um, and for there, it, it was just kind of one of the things. I just realised that I, you know, I was quite good, good at it and I was passionate about it. I was never really, I'm a big football fan, but I was never really good at football and like that. So it was just kind of felt natural because it was one of the things that I really enjoyed and one of the things that, um, one of the only things that I knew that I was quite good at me yourself huh? ah. so like why did you cut me out late what were you doing prior to that oh man it's a long story I, 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 I enjoyed it in high school and that and then thought about doing it so I went to like Edinburgh College to do it but then I dropped out of Edinburgh College after like two weeks because I just didn't think it was for me mate and then I cracked on and ah, yeah, how did I put this mate I, I guess I, I made some wrong decisions over a few years um, right. And then when I was like 20, I was like, fuck, what am I going to do? Like, I, I, my dad and that were like, saying I sort of needed to get working and I just couldn't face getting a job, mate. I don't know why. I got offered a job in the bank and I was like, I can't imagine working in the fucking bank. Like, what am I going to do? And then I just decided for there I was going to try it and like properly go for it, mate. And it just, it sort of snowballed for there. But it was more like an out of a necessity to try to find something that I was passionate about because like, I just couldn't have imagined a life like in the bank ah in the bank mate exactly so it was it was it's been, it'd been on my mind since high school but it just took a few years for me to finally get round to it I guess is, is Schemer's your first role then aye aye first first crack at the old like what do you go for there Schemer's too <laughs> <laughs> nah it, it, that's what I say it's, it's been so mental because when I first got it I was just looking to get material to then send out to other people in the yeah, hope yeah. of getting other fucking work and then all of a sudden like that job has became like the material in itself and hopefully I'll get something off the back of it like I've, I've been auditioning for stuff probably the same as Sean like doing some self-tapes and that so just gotta hope I get something else mate of course man and I'm sure you will Sean explain to me how filming in River City works um, so in a normal world kind of pre-pandemic um, River City film two lots of shooting over the course of a year they do two 14 week runs so they do one from February through a kind of April, roughly, April, May. And then they've summer off, and then they do another 14-week run for August through to November. And how long have you been on that show now? Uh, I'm just just over two years now. And you feel pretty comfortable in it? Are you, like, established? Have you got your... You feel like this is my... I, I've got this? Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I was kind of... I was kind of quite comfortable when, it, when I arrived. Everybody there's brilliant, and, they, you know, they make you feel very comfortable when you're there. But I've kind of... In terms of the character, I feel like the character's a very established character now. Um cool. and he's a very, very popular character. Um which is which is great to know and it's it's great to play. Um so I, I think I've kinda kinda what I wanted to do when I joined it was I wanted to kinda burst onto the scene and kinda cement my place there. And I feel like I've kinda done that over the course of the two years. Um it's been a wee bit uh it's obviously been a wee bit mental with the new COVID stuff and that, but um no, I, I'm I'm quite happy with, with everything that's kind of transpired since I joined. Yeah. So, aye. And uh, boys, obviously we're on a music podcast. So I'm going to ask some questions. You're uh, you're uh, sitting there with a Thrasher t-shirt, Sean. Yes, mate. Massive Thrasher fan. 
I do like, well, I, I don't, I'm not just skateboard, mate, I'm just into the gear, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what band is into, boys? What music is like? Uh, Laugh on Tent for sure, definitely. Oh, yes. Best podcast in the UK as well. Oh, for sure, mate, for sure. Then you play any music or anything like that? I, mean, I, I, played in a, I played in a band at, at the arse end of high school. Um, <laughs> we're called What's in Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> what did you play? I played like guitar barely, mate. Like, and I still barely play it. And, but I, I played bass in the band. I always fancied myself as a front man, but never never transpired. You'd bigger dream. <laughs> what about you, Sean, mate? You don't play it, and now you just come to La Fontaine's gig and get pictures with me. One absolute legend. <laughs> That's it, mate. That's that. Uh, no, I tried to keep my. I remember I tried to keep myself apart ages ago, and um, I, I've not got the patience for it. Um, but I've always been dead, dead into my music. Um, no, it's kind of like a wide, vary of genres. But mostly, if I had to pick, it's kind of indie rock, and then rap. Um, like I'm, yeah, yeah. Fucking, I'm like Eminem's my favourite rapper of all time, and the Libertines are my favourite band of all time. Um, and that's but it's funny you say that. I've, I've seen you live about four or five times or something like that. That's why you're our favourite guest on the podcast. No offence to Conor, but until you no, come to four right. or five shows, <laughs> until you come to four or five shows, you can't be hitting them stats. Yeah. Rookie numbers. <laughs> when was the first, when the first time you seen us? First time I seen you, oh, mate, must, well, that, well, that, um, that one for that, that picture that I sent you, that, that was eight years ago, so I would have been 16. Wow. Then, <laughs> and I think that was I think that was in st- I think it was in stereo. Stereo that that would have been Jamie, that would have been our album launch. That we done a wee album launch like, for the class, I think. And you you were shooting a video for Junior Dragon, I think. I think I was up on the stage now. What way? <laughs> but I I it must have been a boot. It was I'm sure that wasn't the first time I'd seen you, so it must have been maybe what was that? Eight year ago. 2015, maybe say 2014, 13. Thank you for coming and sticking with us, man. And I mean, look, what a journey you've been on for being on stage with us to now <laughs> on the Zoom call with us. Yeah, it's right up there with your list of achievements. But... I know, he's made me. He's made me. <laughs> <laughs> Who inspires you as actors? What's, who's your like boys you look up to? Or? For me, I think British actors. Um, for me, Stephen Graham. Right. Oh, is it amazing? He's phenomenal, isn't he? He's criminally underrated, man, and he's just everything he does. I can't take my eyes off him. He's just he's watching, man. He's so just so inspiring to me, man. Just to yeah. watch him. Um, and then across the water, probably I'm a big fan of Matthew McConaughey. Oh, it's amazing, too, man. Aye. Unreal, man. Unreal. Best series of television that I've ever watched in my life is the first season of True Detective. Oh, phenomenal. Mate. How much did they fucking destroy it? Come season two, though. Oh, I've, I didn't even watch it. I think I went and I watched one episode and I went, no, nah, I'm, I'm going with it. But then they redeemed it with season three, I thought. I thought season three was brilliant. Who was in season three? It was um, Mahersh, is it Mahershala Ali? Oh, oh fuck. Aye, aye. And, he, aye, played, and he played like himself when he was younger and then himself when he was a pensioner. And he had dementia aye, aye. and that. That was oh, good. So good. That was man. good. He kept looking out the window all the time for a car. Aye, mate. That was that, aye. Oh, oh superb man. He was looking for you to come up there, Connor. You you an exhibit for Pimp by Ride. That set me. <laughs> <laughs> what were you, Connor? Mate? What, who's your who's your boys? Eh, uh, at the moment I like Vigo Mortensen, mate. Have you seen uh, like Tim Fantastic? It's a film. Is that the boy that it was in? The, uh, you ever seen the film The Road? Aye, mate. Aye, him. Aye, that's him. him. Aye, he's a, he's a great one. actor. He done Green Book as well with that uh, Marshall. Yep. I think that's it. I think it's with him. I, I I I like him at the moment, mate. But in terms of British stuff, like I've always liked Daniel Day Lewis just because of like the the detail. I mean, like how in depth it is in that. Like every time you watch him, it's completely fucking different. And like 
I've been, I, I like that aspect of it, Ken. Very method, Daniel Day-Lewis, yeah. Aye, very method, mate, very. That's something I've always found fascinating. Are you method actors yourself? Do you know any method actors? Tell me about that. I mean, I'm not one myself, really, but I would fancy being one, to be fair. I think it is completely dependent on the fucking job that you get, because, like, Aye. if I'm, play, I'm playing Dave, a uh, wee guy for Dundee that's just trying to get out of there. Like, I didn't need to method that. Came what I mean? And if I do, if I do start doing that, I'm an asshole. Came what I mean? Like, you see, you see people glorifying it like fuck, but like, you'd imagine if it was something that was completely different and you were trying to learn of a different time, do you know what I mean? And a man yeah, yeah. a completely different aspect to yourself. Then you, it would be complete. You could imagine how it'd be beneficial, like. But I mean, I would, I would like to try it, but I do think it depends on on the part. Do you know what I mean? It depends on the job. Any of the River City, or any of the River City cast members method? <laughs> <laughs> no, no quite, no quite. Um, I think it can be quite dangerous. I think in, in, in some aspects, and you've seen that with kind of big, kind of high-profile deaths of actors after they've kind of tried to consume themselves in such a big role. I think it can be it can be really, really cool. Like mm. that, like Daniel Day Lewis gone and living in the woods for ages when he was yeah. doing the last yeah. summer weekends, that's cool. And yeah. Jared Leto when he's doing the Joker, sending yeah. sending used condoms to his castmates. That's not so fucking cool, Aye. not mean. No, no. A bit wrong in part. So I think it's I think it's dead fascinating as well. And I and I like the idea of of totally kind of consuming your whole fucking mind and your whole body into this kind of role. Um, and it's something I'd like to try one day, but I think as Connor says, I, it definitely depends on the role. Like, yeah. I'm not going to walk onto the other city and be like, I am, you will call me Dylan, I am Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a job for it. I feel like it's became like this whole, like a, uh, it's like an ego thing with a lot of guys. As you say, yeah. like the whole Jared Little, like a lot of it's became more about people talking about the fact that they're method actors as opposed to just doing it and being good at it. Do you know what I mean? So everyone wants to show off and act like they're the fucking they're the dawn and that is that's what it is, yeah. How do you how do you stay like in between roles then, right? Obviously, Sean, if you're working River City, you kinda of got a steady job there, as as steady as any creative fucking industry can ever be. Um how do you stay sharp? Like, cause I'm thinking for music, the way that I try and stay sharp and I need to do more of it, is like write all the time, you know, like, and and, and make music. Yeah. Is it just auditioning all the time? What happens? How do you stay on it? How do you practice? <laughs> to be fair, I didn't really, I mean, I didn't really practice unless I've got, I mean, I, I'm like, I, I'll make yourself, I like writing and stuff, and like, I like, can maybe imagining stories, I guess, and I think it's in, with acting for me it's mostly about your imagination as well so I feel like if you're working your imagination however that may be then you're you're still working the muscle do you know what I mean that, mm-hmm. I, that's what makes sense for me I guess uh, it's kind of about keeping your mind stimulated and stuff like that there's no really any kind of practicing acting I mean unless you want to go and get all old plays and fucking act them out in your room shoot <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, but it is see she's taking a lot of time out especially through the pandemic and stuff like see when we, when we stopped at River City and then it was all eight months and then we went back we were all kind of like that to each other like, I kind of feel like I've forgotten what I'm fucking what I'm meant to do here mm-hmm. um, so you, do, you get rusty um, I think but it's just again as Connor said it's just about kind of trying to keep your mind stimulated and I take a lot of 
inspiration for watching stuff all the time and I know it can seem as if you're just a lazy bastard sitting there watching, watching them daily. Aye, aye. <laughs> aye that's that but um, it is a kind of research <laughs> right I look at it and I think like, of course it is man Jamie I, I can see your chat with a bit there to try and ask Sean if there's any chance you can get back on River City as an extra <laughs> for you on it tell him about your role <laughs> uh, it was about a year ago the news so it was just before like lockdown and stuff like that and uh, I get there late and I get through the reception at this uh in the reception I seen two police guys and a security guy and I had a, a bag of grass in my bag so I was like shitting myself and putting this bag of grass at the bottom of the bag <laughs> and I went in and I was going I'm here as a doctor and they're all going what's your name and all that and then they th- read my name and said no you're not a doctor you're the windy cleaner <laughs> so I went in and tried to go I'm a doctor and then like the folk that were doctors and I turned around they're, they're looking at me going <laughs> imagine trying to claim that you're a doctor anyway we all get shuttled through and it was a, a scene where the the girl who has just had the baby is it Ruby? Aye Ruby aye that's my, my ex in the show aye aye so, so what's your fucking mouth for Jimmy? <laughs> 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 and then uh, I remember they were, they were like because I had a beard and hair and all at the time they were like oh shit right you need to be the windy cleaner you can't be a, a doctor sort of thing <laughs> so uh, uh, just to clean the windy in the background I was just in it for a split second but I had a really good good day but you thought that you thought that the polis were actual polis. Aye, so I thought the polis were actual. Uh, that's why I was hiding the grass in my bag. <laughs> and it was only when he was sitting in the fucking cabin and he's like sitting oh, in the porta cabin. It's like all right, guy, just sitting going, "You're for wishy, aren't you?" <laughs> it, was like, <laughs> Aye, it was funny. That was his first day as an extra as well. This polis guy. So, <laughs> but I thought I was sitting with this police guy for half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so you back filming River City the now, Sean? I'm, I'm for me. I'm at River City the now, um, and I'll uh, be there until that set something changes. So it's just a case of, I mean, I've, see the thing with productions and that at the minute, there's going to be a lot of stuff where it's kind of coming at the end of us. Hopefully, there's going to be a lot of stuff booting off, um, and I'm hearing about a lot of stuff that's going to be happening up in Scotland. So is that with that new film studio that's opened up in Kelvin Hall? Uh, I one in Edinburgh as well. Big one through in Edinburgh and Amazon are doing um, a, a, a horror set in an oil rig in that studio. Oh, I mean, wow. sounds sounds dead good. And there's there's a lot of kind of stuff happening. Netflix and ITV are coming down today stuff. So it's just a case of trying to make sure that um, it's just a case of getting your agent to boot up the arse and getting her to get you in the fucking in the doors hypothetically because you can't you can't. It's frustrating as well because you can't get in a room with a casting director now. Aye. So it's, it's all about self-tape auditions and all that stuff, so... I mean, we'll see what happens. Could be promising. What's uh, your your best accent? Just just as an addition right now, who, <laughs> give me your favourite role, give me give me an accent you'll smash. I could do Brad Pitt, snack. Go. Why the fuck do I want a caravan scan on fucking waves? <laughs> like Dags? Like Dags? Like Dags? <laughs> what were you, Connor? Oh, Connor, try and do a Glasgow accent. Do a Glasgow accent, no problem. When the Rangers, I'm watching it. I'm actually watching the Rangers, so now on the telly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, boys, tremendous. It's been an absolute pleasure to meet you. I know we've cuddled before, Sean, at a gig, but <laughs> properly meet his list and talk to his. Nothing but the greatest success. I'm going to watch Skinners. Jamie's been telling me to watch for ages. I've already reviewed it on Amazon for Big Dave. I said it was amazing. I love the cast. That's what I, I said. Love that. <laughs> um, so I'll go and, I'll go and actually watch it. it now I know I'll go and actually watch it now uh, that's amazing amazing film nothing but respect to you boys thank you so much for talking to us no thank you for having us on mate thank you thanks a lot for having us on man cheers cheers boys thank you very much
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.